0: What's going on Wolfpack? This is of course the Wolf of Roto Street of rotostreetjournal.com and the Fantasy Fullback Dive of course the podcast paving your path to 2019. Yes already 2019 titles and we're starting with the most important part of the offseason cycle at this time of the year coaching carousel we got matt lafleur landing with the packers and we have a very extensive breakdown coming now if you want to check out a written form of this you can visit RodoStreetjournal.com slash matt dash lafleur if you prefer video our guy matt hopkins is working on some great stuff for facebook and youtube and all that good stuff this is the audio from said video i hope you enjoy let me know your thoughts here we go What's going on, fantasy football fans? This is the Wolf of Roto Street of rotostreetjournal.com. Check us out if you never have. We are here today to break down the first coaching domino to fall. That's Matt LaFleur going to the Packers. Now, according to Ian Rapoport, the Packers were looking for someone to challenge Rodgers intellectually and innovate the offense, re-spark a guy who's seemingly got a little bit of complacency going on these days. And so they bring in LaFleur. Based on his coaching history, which we're going to break down, his scheme they found very innovative, and we're going to talk about what does it mean to marry the run games and pass games, and then obviously go down and break down. What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers? What about the weapons like Devontae Adams? Is he going to lead the league in fantasy points yet again? And Aaron Jones, is he going to finally be unleashed? Promising news with Matt LaFleur. So settle on in, and let's break down. What does Matt LaFleur mean going to the Packers? Now, let's look at his history, his general background. He's been groomed under two of the brightest offensive coaches in Kyle Shanahan and, of course... Sean McVay over the last couple years with the Rams. So he started as a quarterbacks coach, joining the NFL ranks at a young age of 29, 2008, with the Texans, going back with Shanahan, playing the quality controls coach there, uh, but then soon got promoted to quarterbacks coach. A pretty big leap because Kyle Shanahan was so impressed with the work he was doing. They then went to the Redskins where he worked as the quarterback coach for Robert Griffin. He's also been a coach for Matt Ryan during his MVP season, 4,944 yards, 38 touchdowns. Unbelievable season. He developed Kirk Cousins. He even squeezed out 4,000-yard seasons out of Rex Grossman and a washed-up Donovan McNabb. This guy has done some masterful work with quarterbacks and, of course, Jared Goff recently with the Rams after that awful rookie season. Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur come in and help turn it around. This guy's got some very interesting, deep roots and been groomed again under two of the brightest possible minds out there and then he goes and gets promoted to the Titans offensive coordinator gig and that's his first time actually calling plays and we can't say it was a stellar out uh, you know outing for this guy offense ranked 27th in total scoring only 19.4 points per game 29th in passing pathetic 3255 yards in the passing game encouragingly and as we'll talk about with his scheme they were seventh in total rushing this guy's always produced rushing monsters And it's crucial. It's a crucial spine, a crucial backbone to his offense as a running game. And we saw that epic late-season surge from Derrick Henry. So the running game was still there, still thriving. Uh, But the other parts of the offense were brutal. He was, of course, dealt a pretty awful hand here with Marcus Mariota getting injured in week one and not even be able to throw the ball more than 15 yards for a significant portion of the season. And as we'll dig into the scheme, this offense is dependent on the deep ball. LaFleur loves dialing up off of play action and screens, just deep shot after deep shot, and he couldn't do that with a hampered Marcus Mariota. Even worse, their leading receiver from the year prior, Delaney Walker, an offensive stalwart here for so many years, was lost in Week 1. Both of their tackles got banged up in Week 1. The line was a mismatch unit the entire season because of it. So yes, the offense underwhelmed. No, we can't say this is a smashing success of a play caller quite yet. Uh, But he was dealt a pretty tough hand, and we saw some encouraging things. And now you go to an offense with Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of the greats at throwing the rock right now with stacked weapons around him, and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams um, and some blossoming young talents there, and Marquez Valdez, Scantling. uh, Who knows who else could blow up there. He definitely has a lot more firepower to work with. He like the body of work, the history of this guy, the Packers did. So they made him uh, their next big hire. So let's talk about his scheme. What can we expect here? Well, he always cites every single time you ask... LaFleur. What is this offensive system? They call it our system. Shanahan, McVeigh, and now LaFleur. Uh, they call it our system. And what does it entail? It's very dependent, first and foremost, on establishing a running game because their main goal is to merge the pass and run games. They want to call plays off of plays, so things you've seen and you think you know how to defend, suddenly they have a new screen outlet coming off of there that you didn't notice the first time, and that guy rips off chunk play after chunk play. It's a huge, uh, you know, gainer of 15 20 yards at a time style offense. He doesn't like to dink and dunk, he said as much, uh, quoting that he does, does you can't win in the NFL just getting those tiny five yard gains, you need to have those big chunk plays, um, and so that's dependent on first establishing the run. His offense is going to be run heavy wherever he goes. 2016, let's look at the last three years, 2016 Falcons. 43% run plays uh, as compared to 57% um, quarterback throwing Obviously, uh, in this day and age, NFL, that was the 11th most, so 1,928 rush yards with those Falcons, which was 5th in the league, 20 TDs, which was 3rd, some huge production out of the run game for those Falcons, and then the next season, we look at Todd Gurley, the 2017 Rams. Of course, they had some otherworldly talent when you got a guy like Gurley, but this scheme Brought out the most of them, 45% run plays, which was 10th most in the NFL, 1,953 rush yards, even more than the year prior, and 17 TDs, which was 5th most in the league. Then we talked about already the Titans, 48% run plays. That was the second most in the NFL, 2023 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns, both ranking in the top 10. Unbelievable running game outputs, and it's crucial. And the running game itself, very interesting. A zone-blocking scheme. I am a die-hard believer, die-hard lover in zone-blocking schemes. I think if you get the right tailback fit, the right offensive lineman with the athleticism to execute it, the lanes it creates are out of this world. We've seen fantasy monsters out of nobody's dating back to Mike Shanahan's day. That you just throw in Ruben Drones or whoever it might be. Uh, Anderson. Mike Anderson. Thousand-yard rusher after thousand-yard rusher. It doesn't matter. So when you get a nice talent in the backfield, they explode even further. So first and foremost, you establish the run. That zone-heavy blocking scheme. Crucial for a Matt LaFleur offense. And then from there, to create that marriage, that beautiful balance um, between the run and pass games, he executes so many different creative run concepts, like end-arounds and all that stuff and then create screens off them. It's unbelievable. So that's the first part of establishing the run. How do you merge those? How do you marry those two is screens. Looks like a handoff. Looks like it's going to be an end around, and suddenly you got blockers in space, and Gurley's zipping down the field for a 50-yard play. The other huge, crucial piece of this is play action. I mean, when you date back to Robert Griffin's rookie season, over 50% of his throws were play action. In the past couple of years, of McVay's uh, throws with those Rams team were play action. Uh, this was just dating back to Matt Ryan's MVP season. They led the league in play-action passing. So we know play-action is going to be a heavy percentage of what they call. And this is very contrasting to what we're used to with the Packers. Uh, Rodgers ranked just 25th in play-action passing at 18.6%. That's going to raise about 15 points here with uh, Matt LaFleur here calling the plays. And if it's established well, it can create some enormous opportunities down the seams. Uh, those chunk plays as we keep raving about when you get those one-on-one chances with the linebackers, you halt the safety coming up to play the run because it's been just pummeled, but they're pummeled. And then they're cheating, and you get those open, wide lanes deep down the field. That's going to be a crucial part of this scheme uh, under Matt LaFleur. And again, the aggressiveness, the verticals. It's extremely difficult to dink and dunk, as LaFleur said himself. Hey, they're gonna be calling the home run, and that, of course, aligns with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's been a little bit complacent. He's been whining these last couple of years, but one thing that he has not lost is that deep ball artistry. What an unbelievable and accurate arm he has when slinging it down deep. For all those 2018 faults we can, we can label him, Rodgers only trailed Pat Mahomes in deep yardage passer rating, 124.0 on deep throws. That was third in the NFL uh, behind Pat Mahomes, who is the only guy he trailed for deep yardage. And that's, again, without a play-action game, holding down safeties, slowing down pass runs. So when you set him up for even more favorable deep shots, it's going to be a thing of beauty. So this scheme could fit perfectly for the Packers. It's going to ask Rodgers to do a few things he hasn't been asked to do in the past. First and foremost handing the ball off more often. They've been the least run heavy team uh in the NFL over these last three years. Oh I mean, it's been unbelievable how different this is. We look at their pass we talked about again the run game percentages of LaFleur's offense. Green Bay is ranked thirty first with thirty five percent run, twenty fifth with thirty eight percent run, and thirty second with thirty two percent run over these last three seasons. Again, LaFleur being in the top ten on the run of all those. So Roger's gonna be handing that ball off quite a bit more. I Greek that might seem like it would hurt him in terms of output and yardage and opportunity, but the quality of those pass plays should significantly spike. Just ask Matt Ryan again how much he benefited from the play action, from all that run-heavy, um, what that sets up, this marriage again of the run game and the pass game. So again, Rogers' uncomfortable territory, handing the ball off that much. He's also not a great screen passer. He hasn't been asked to do it a whole ton, but he's often lobs it over the guy's heads or doesn't. he's not patient enough with it sometimes scrambles too often. Um, He's not great in the play-action passing game, but again, neither one of those have been heavy offensive staples under Mike McCarthy. So it's Aaron Rodgers. He's such a physical, gifted, generational talent. He's going to be able to execute this stuff, uh, even if the PFF stats and whatnot don't suggest that he is unbelievable in these different scenarios. He'll get it together. Now talking again about Rodgers, the passing game impact, we talked about the scheme and of course it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to buy in and So far, the signs are encouraging. Uh, As LaFleur himself said, if there's one thing I can say in regards to a guy like Aaron, if you give him time and you're unpredictable, he's going to excel because we all know the talent he has. That's how we're going to build this thing. And again, the goal of the marrying the pass and run games is unpredictability. So (laughs) you got a Rodgers and a McVeigh style offense. If those two can connect at a Goff McVeigh, Type of synchronicity and get on that same page. It's going to be just drool worthy. The results this could uh, to produce. The again, as we mentioned that that scheme breakdown. The quality is going to increase dramatically, even if the quantity of pass attempts decrease. Um, and LaFleur himself saying, I cannot wait to go to work with him. I think he's equally excited. There's a lot of work to be done in front of us, but I'm just looking forward to this opportunity. I think we're both on the same page. We're committed to winning. There's no doubt about that. So obviously getting on the same page is huge for a guy like Rodgers, who's had that diva type of mentality with coaches in the past. You know, some suggesting he tanked the season to get Mike McCarthy out of there. Building that relationship early is huge. And part of his interview, of course, and obviously this is nothing crazy but was a interview with Aaron Rodgers who then, minutes later, LaFleur gets the call that he's getting the job. I imagine that went well. so I can see this a stock up for Rodgers, a fresh new offense, an innovative scheme that's going to push and challenge him and kind of spark that fire under him. He's got all the talent in the world. He's going to be asked to just you know, reinvent himself as a quarterback a bit, but none of those things, especially getting a running game to increase his longevity, all that good stuff, none of that should be hard for him to buy into. And if and when he does, and they get onto that just crazy synchronicity where they're calling plays for each other, essentially, like we got with McVay and Goff right now, like we saw with Shanahan and Ryan two seasons ago. Rodgers and LaFleur could easily hit that level, and if they do, Rodgers could threaten for the number one overall fantasy quarterback. He's right up into my top three quarterbacks. Yet again, despite the down year, despite the diva tendencies, despite all this change, I think it's going to be very positive for him. Then we look at the rest of the passing game, the wide receivers. Devontae Adams coming off a season where he led the league in fantasy points per game, got overtaken by Tyree Kill after his huge week 17, and Adams sat. Uh, but ultimately, it was Adams all season, just unbelievable. 18.3 half-point PPR uh, points per game, he's so got that rangy six-one body with some decent speed, uses it to perfection in the red zone off of slants on contested situations, an unbelievable combine leading 39.5 inch vertical, a terror, an absolute terror In short, 13 TDs led the NFL, uh, or no, second in the NFL, my apologies, with an NFL best 31 red zone targets. Third straight season, he's got 10 plus scores. You know the touchdowns are going to be there. The yardage, his first full season as Rodgers' number one target, were also there this year. You know it. It's locked in. Top five fantasy numbers. He's Um, Right now, my number one wide receiver. And LaFleur's hiring does nothing to change that. The deep ball will be heavy. The play-action passing should get him more one-on-one looks. He's going to be used on more screens than he ever has. He's going to be moved all over the formation, as he already was. But this is a guy that dominates on every single layer of the field, and he's going to be equipped. Remember, Shanahan Tree has been notorious for just peppering their number one. Dating back to even Pierre Garçon with the Redskins, this, you know, not even close to Adams as a physical specimen, led the league in targets. And Andre Johnson, we've seen just year in and year out, so many ex-alphas just dominating target shares. That's going to, again, be the case for Devontae Adams, uh, who was... 169 targets this year was right towards the top of the league. He should see that much, if not more, in this pepper your number one hog style system. Great news for him. He remains my number one receiver uh, for fantasy in 2019. Behind him, Geronimo Allison, having a hot start to 2018 before getting hurt, had 15.4, 9.4, 14.6, 11 in his games as the clear cut number two before suffering that groin injury and then being out the rest of the season. As long as he can get healthy, though, he's got some sneaky blow up potential. He just smooth, handles the ball well in traffic, plays tough, can to work the sidelines well. Great intermediate threat, uh, rangy frame as well for the red zone. So, kind of like an Adam's Light. He should be a very solid. Number two, and people are going to forget about how well he started. A great potential value for fantasy owners, and then you got Marquez Valdez Scantling, who happened to go to the same college where Sean McVay played. I mean, uh, Matt Lafleur played himself. What an ideal fit for a deep ball, play action oriented offense. Six three four four forty, athletic freak. Uh, You can imagine that Matt LaFleur is going to use that skill set deep down the field and quite often so. Big fan of Marquez Valdez-Scantling and his upside in this offense. Tight ends, just never been a thing with Aaron Rodgers in the first place. And I don't see that changing with Matt LaFleur. Even with Jimmy Graham, it's, what's Jimmy Graham at this point? He hasn't shown anything uh, athletic in probably six, seven years. There's just been nothing to suggest that Matt LaFleur's system is going to suddenly spike some heavy tight end usage. I mean, last year, obviously, it's tough to tell because we got Delaney Walker getting knocked off week one. Jonu Smith had a solid few games. He got hurt himself. But then before that, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, nothing reliable there. Jacob Tammy, Awesome, and Hoosper the year before that. Just nothing. I mean, nothing severely of note. I mean, Shanahan in the past, you got Owen Daniels, Chris Conley, Fred Davis, a couple guys that have had some. Big tight end seasons. It's clear-cut number twos in their offense. So maybe Jimmy Graham or someone else can carve out that role, but I'm not banking on it. Rogers has just never historically loved it. 11 seasons, only Jermichael Finley had like one, maybe two usable fantasy years. So I'm not buying any tight end blowups. It's Devontae Adams and then some upside receivers for your late round draft picks, especially with Randall Cobb potentially out of Green Bay as a free agent. Where I do really want to touch upon now, though, the run game impact. Get marrying the receiving and the run games and the passing games, as LaFleur calls it, it all starts with the run, was his exact quote. You need that backbone. You need that spine. They have been as run-heavy as it comes in the league. Just to reiterate, Falcons ranked 11th most uh, in terms of run play percentage. 2017 Rams, 10th most. And then the Titans last year, second most with the run game percentage. All of them ranking in the top 10 in rushing yards. And then the Rams and Falcons themselves ranking in the top 5 in in touchdowns. 20 touchdowns for the Falcons in 2016, 17 rushing touchdowns for the Rams, which ranked 5th, and not a bad 15 for the Titans for such an unexplosive overall offense. They at least scored the ball quite often on the ground. You can expect more so, I think, this offense to mirror the Rams and Falcons when you got Rodgers and these weapons on the outside. I expect that type of level of an offense, so I expect a lot of rushing scores to happen, uh, and that's great news for our guy Aaron Jones, what an absolute specimen this guy has been. When he's gotten the opportunities, he's thrived. In fact, I went back and I looked. When has this guy had over 15-plus touches, and how has he done? That's happened exactly eight times. That's it in his NFL career. This, Despite the Packers last year being 2-1 in only the three games, he saw 15 carries, uh, and and 2-7 when he had fewer than 15 carries. For whatever reason, Mike McCarthy, Could not use this guy appropriately. Uh, Among people with at least 200 career rushing attempts, Jones ranks first. Yes, first in the NFL in yards per carry at 5.5. He's hit that exact number in back-to-back seasons, so nice and consistent. Wasn't like one season overtook the other and and was a huge outlier. This guy's done it back-to-back years, and yet he's never hit 20 carries in a single game. Uh, his best ever his second ever contest his career high was 19 carries and what do you do with that 125 yards in a TD that's still his career high in usage just the second game of his career ridiculous that that's the case but you can expect that to change under our guy Matt LaFleur now let's look again real quick as I was alluding to the 15 plus touch games for Aaron Jones just one time was this guy under double digit fantasy points in fact he's Never been below 13.2 outside of a 9.5 effort, so everything was above uh, 16. So, six of these eight games was above 16. You got 19 point effort, you got 21, 30, 24, 16.8, 13.2, 18.1. This guy's been a monster. His average comes out to eight. So, he had 883 yards from scrimmage, nine TDs, and 145 touches. Over those eight games where, again, he had 15-plus touches, that's good for a 290-touch, 1,766-yard, and 18-touchdown pace. That would have been 308 fantasy points behind only Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara in 2018. And those are some beastly seasons, so that just goes and tells you how monstrous Aaron Jones would be when seeing the volume conveniently, the running back one in LaFleur's offense has touched the ball 15 plus times in 42 of his last 48 games in a LaFleur-based offense. That's 87.5%. So I imagine Jones will get that rock early and often, and as he's always done when he gets the opportunity, he's going to thrive. Even more so because this offensive scheme, the zone blocking, the screens, all of that is designed to get running backs with solid vision and burst into space and let them just do their thing. When you Read Jones' scouting report, it all many of the strengths, good vision, lateral burst to get up the field quickly, always seems to be finding the best opening. Those are just the formula, the recipe for zone blocking success. This guy is going to have a monster run game season and then be used on such those, those screens and those deep wheel routes that he's never been used on. He used to just flare out of the backfield. He's already said, my main goal is to improve as a receiver. In my 2019 season, he's already been pretty damn adequate at it. And now he's going to get more and more opportunities because LaFleur loves dialing up those screens and run game passing routes. Just, again, marrying the run game and pass games should mean monstrous results for Aaron Jones. He goes up from a, a third rounder or so to early second, in my opinion. At this point, top 20 guy, uh, top 10 back. I'd rather have him than David Johnson, based on this scheme. Huge fan of Aaron Jones and his upside. And if it becomes even clearer that he's going to be that main, no no looks back type of guy, I'm going to rank him even higher. Yes, Jamal Williams should probably be involved a good pass protector. And LaFleur has historically had a second back, receive roughly 100-ish touches each season, with a lead back handling right around 300. That should again be the case um, with Jamal Williams being that lesser half, that second half of the committee. But huge news for Aaron Jones. And just again to summarize, what we can expect we got a guy in Matt LaFleur who's been groomed under two of the best offensive minds. Yes, his 2018 Titan season was underwhelming, but there's plenty of room for optimism still here. Between the the upbringing behind McVay and Kyle Shanahan, between the just unbelievable run games this guy has helped coordinate, and then just the fact that Aaron Rodgers needs to be challenged, and that's why they brought in LaFleur, and the upside is astronomical if he merges in that Sean mcvay Jared Goff type of synchronicity, if they marriage as strong as what we've seen between Shanahan and his quarterbacks. And then um, we saw, again, with McVay and Goff, this could be ridiculous. This could be the best one yet because Aaron Rodgers just has the best arm in the league still. I'll admit it, despite all his... I hate about him in terms of the lack of leadership and the lack of accountability we sometimes see from him. His arm is ridiculous, and he could be an unbelievable fit in this explosive offense. Great news as well for Aaron Jones, the run games, the zone blocking scheme is unbelievable for all backs, but especially a guy with his speed, his ability to get up the field, his vision for run lanes is unparalleled. He's going to find tons of space, and there's nobody more dangerous in space than Aaron Jones. Devonta Adams, why not be encouraged by the track record of a Shanahan scheme peppering? that number one wide receiver. We see a guy in in Devontae Adams' rangy can dominate every layer of the field. He should once again be afforded that opportunity. So all good news out of Green Bay. Could there be some growing pains? Yes. Is Rogers going to be asked to hand off more than he's ever been asked to? He's going to be asked to complete throws that he's not exactly comfortable or proven with yet? Yes. But all of that was meant to be the case. They wanted to reinvigorate and spark it under him, and I think it works. So Matt LaFleur, huge move for the the Packers and fancy owners. You gotta take note of it. And there you have it, Wolfpack and Fantasy Fullback Divers. That is, of course, our Matt LaFleur breakdown. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know your thoughts either in the review section. That's our oxygen. We love reading those every day, even the bad ones. Makes the means the world to us. Subscribe if you don't already. Find me personally at Roto Street Wolf. This, of course, is all up on RotoStreetjournal.com. And if you want the written uh, article to go with this com slash matt lafleur is where you can find that keep your eyes peeled for an awesome video on this as well coming out soon hope you enjoyed this is going to be a great series that we roll out so your feedback means everything so that we do it to perfection and are helping pave that path to 2019 titles see you later wolf